Come on, let me do that. Let me use that. Yeah, and I'm going to use that. Well, how's everybody doing this morning? Somebody look at your neighbor and say, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to tell you right now, y'all, y'all changed the way y'all do stuff around North Central. When I was here on Thursday, nobody came to chapel. And y'all, y'all got more people here today than yesterday. Yeah, it's all good. You like the person you sit beside? If not, get up and move. Now y'all know who you can really trust up in the house today. Today, um, if you if you was not if you were not here yesterday, I, I I went to school here. I'm an 87 grad from here, and I decided in the three days yesterday, today, and tomorrow that I'm here that I would preach three different sermons. And the title of these three are what I wish someone told me when I was sitting up there. And then, so yesterday was part one. Today is part two. But before I start, I need to see is. Is there, is there a young lady, is Tara here? Is Tara in the chapel today? She, Tara, Tara, she was in, in uh, Target yesterday. And, and is she here today? Is she? Oh, good. That's good. Hey, all right. I just want to make sure she was here, all right? Just, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Good to see you. It's good. The Starbucks was very, very good to her. All right. Now, today, before we get started, I need to let you know, you're going to get your Bible and go to 2 Kings chapter 5, 2 Kings chapter 5. Um, when I was growing up, we used to have Sunday school. Y'all have no idea what that is, but we used to have Sunday school. All the black church people know what Sunday school is. And, uh, and uh, not, not, oh, by the way, don't get all jealous. Black ain't a color. It's a, it's a lifestyle. That was good right there. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of white chocolate people in black churches, you know what I'm saying? Let's just go on. All right. Second Kings chapter 5. Now, today is a simple Bible story. When I was a kid, though, on Saturday afternoon, my mama used to sit me and my brother down and make us like, like we would have to cut out or just peel off all these little cartoon figures on paper because see back then there was like we didn't have veggie tail there wasn't no vcrs there were no videos the way that they did it in sunday school was and when you were a kid they had like what they called a flannel board oh shut the front door y'all don't know what i'm talking about this morning and, and then they had these little stick em up people you know what i'm saying and you put the stick them up people on the flannel board. One Saturday, me and my brother decided to be funny. Let's fool mama. So we would cut the head off the dude and put it on the girl. <laughs> that didn't go over too well <laughs> for me or my brother. All right. So 2 Kings chapter 5, it's a stick em up story. It's just a stick em up story. And we can learn the second thing that I wish someone had told me. It's in this little stick em up story. But before we do that, I, I, I am a saxophone player. I said it yesterday and today it just showed up. It's a soprano saxophone. And I, and I got to tell you, my, my friend, one of the greatest people ever, uh, Dr. Larry Bach is in the house. And, um, and I just tell you right now, he taught me more 
than you will ever know. And, uh, and uh, that's cool. Sir, are you wearing a Green Bay Packer shirt? That... There are many things I could say right now. But I'm not going to say any of them. Uh, go Cowboys. But uh, I just want y'all to know... Um, so let's do this. Uh, I'm from Tennessee. Now, you Minnesota, Wisconsin, Green Bay Packer people, y'all ain't got a clue what's about to happen. But every now and then, you got to go back to your roots. You got to go back to the way it used to be. So let me go back to Tennessee and show you what it would sound like. Go ahead, sound man. It goes like this.
Somebody say, all right, all right, all right. Look at your neighbor and say, all right, all right, all right. Y'all good? Y'all right? I'll do another one tomorrow because y'all like that one so much. Second Kings chapter 5. Now listen, let me explain something. If you notice, when I started, I was fine. Now I'm like sweating. Look like a brother about to die. Do you know why? Let me explain why. Here's why. I, one, that's a little thing to be blowing that hard on. But two, every song is my last song. Every sermon is my last sermon. I consider it not just a privilege and an honor, but it's a, it's a mandate when I stand behind this to do whatever I can to the best of my ability. Hey, don't be a weak Christian. Don't just make it through. You know, people who are weak lose. I've never seen a team win a championship who didn't sacrifice. Don't just live life. Be a champion. Y'all hear me? So every time I play, it's everything I got. (laughs) My foster care dad, I grew up in foster care. My foster care dad looked at me one time and he said, hey, you played okay, but you could have done better. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, you wasn't sweating. Normally when you played really hard, you just start sweating. Today, you didn't even sweat. He said, listen, you need to play. Not because of the people who's in the room. Because what if Jesus decides he wants to hear a saxophone player and comes and hears you play? So you need to play and preach every day as if Jesus is sitting on the front row. And make him proud that he died for you. Somebody touch your neighbor and say the word, word, word. Okay, let's do this. Bible story, Bible story. Hey, um, hey where's, where's, who, you were, who was singing? Where the singers? Where'd they go? Was it you? Hey, that bridge that you did on that song. It says, is it say, I found you? Say that. How did it go? I found you because you found me. I found you because you found me. And then it says, I love you because you love me. And then the last said, I found you because you love me. Hmm. All right, here we go. 2 Kings chapter 5. Hey, <laughs> stay right there. Stay right there. That's good. I just want to make sure I, I saw what I read. A.W. <laughs> a. Tozer, you know what he said? Christians don't lie. They go to church and sing it every Sunday. Just, just keep going. All right, here we go. <laughs> I just, y'all didn't get it. Two people in the front row did, but uh, hey, uh, uh, 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1. Here we go. Simple Bible story. Everybody ready in the balcony? Yeah. My peoples, that was my section right there, man. Peoples up there. Hey, word. All right. Taylor's up there. Hey, word. All right. <laughs> now, Naaman was a commander of the army. For the king of Aram. Naaman, he was a great man in the sight of his master, highly regarded because through him, everybody say through him. Now, y'all, you got to read this. Read it right. It says, one, Naaman was a commander of the army of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master. You know who his master is? The king. So the king thought Naaman was the man. The king looked up to Naaman. And he wasn't even a king. Just a soldier. That's how good this Naaman was. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, he the man. He the man, he the man, he the man. Then watch this. Let's keep going. It says, through him. Say it again. 
No, no, no. He had a whole army with him, but he ain't had nothing to do with it. This brother alone, by himself, through him, the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier. Everybody say, he the man. Watch this. But he had leprosy. Hmm. Let's break it down. Naaman was a hero. He was respected. Everybody loved him. When this brother walked down the street, man looked at him and said, oh, I wish I was him. Women looked at him and just went, mm, mm, mm. I'm just saying, all right. They loved him. They loved him, adored him. But Naaman had a secret. He had leprosy. Behind closed doors, we still need God. You can look pretty in your skinny jeans. If I had skinny jeans on, we'd be in trouble. My jeans would be in trouble. <laughs> There's trouble, okay? I don't want to think about it anymore. You look nice. As you keep going shopping at Buckle. Every youth pastor shops at Buckle. Now it's H&M. Every youth pastor goes H&M, man. You're heading in the right direction. That's because you're little. All right, here we go. Watch this, dude, but behind all the glitter and behind all the, the glitz, behind all the nice, behind all the shiny armor, he dying. I want a God who can keep me in the dark places. I'll give it to you one more time. I want a God who can keep me in the dark places. You see, some of you in this room, you got to understand, you're falling for the image instead of the, the reality. <laughs> Don't fall for the image. Now, listen to me very carefully. I'm really happy in who I am. I am big. I am huge. I am very large. And I'm not talking about my career. I'm talking about my physical stature. Dude, I should not be who I am. I should not be adored in public schools. Kids should not listen to me because the world says he's too fat. He's too big. He needs to lose weight. He needs to go to weight loss clinic or something like that. But listen to me. I don't live on their scale of weight and balance. I live on the scale of weight and balance on I know who has called me and he is able to keep me. He's able to lift me up in the eyes of man. But listen to me very carefully. Don't let the world dictate who you are. Listen to me. If you're a boy, you're a champion. You're a legend. You're a world changer, a history maker. You're the man. Now, if you're here and you're like, yeah, that's me, then you need to be a little humble. I'm just saying, but God's going to take care of that. If you're a girl, you are the princess. You are the sunrise, the sunset. You're the star in the night that could guide a brother home. you everything beautifully and wonderfully made. You're the princess. And if you know I'm right, just snap your finger and say, oh, yeah. All right, there's one little white chocolate girl. She snapped it three times in a half circle. That was good. Now look at me. Now look at me. I know it's, a, I know it's spiritual emphasis, and some of you are like, shouldn't we be doing the Holy Spirit? But, dude, the Holy Spirit wants a vessel that it wants to live in. It ain't got nothing to do with it on the outside. You can get an iron and iron your pants, but only the Holy Spirit can iron your inside, can get the wrinkles out, all right? I'm just saying, we need to look on the inside first. On the inside first. I was not qualified. I was unworthy. Not just because I sit up there. I liked it up there. You could see everything. I remember one day in chapel, there was a lady by the name of Jeannie Mayo. And she almost burned the whole place down. She set a fire in a wheelbarrow right here. And she grabbed a fire extinguisher and blew it, and it blew out. 
on the faculty. <laughs> Larry, I'm not lying. As, as the, he was here, we were like, it was the funniest. It was great. No, not that it blew toward them. But <laughs> I laughed. I laughed. She goes, oh, dear. <laughs> it was just great. It was just absolutely amazing, amazing. Hey, but you know what? Hey, listen to me. You have no idea what would happen. Because when I was up there watching her do that, I was like, that lady crazy. 30 minutes later, she says, this summer you're going to be my intern. You're coming to Nebraska. I said, where's that? She says, you're going to live in a town called Bellevue. I said, where's that? She goes, you're just going to hang out with me. When my mom died, she came to the funeral, Jeannie did, and stood up and said, I'm Reggie's mama now. A year ago, last week, she had me preach at her husband's funeral. All that happened right there. Are y'all listening to me? But that day, uh, I wasn't qualified. Uh, I'm too fat. I'm not that guy. I'm not as smart as everybody else. I'm not him. So underneath the funny dude, the laughing, the saxophone, he had cancer. That's gone. What is Naaman going to do? Where can he go? Ain't no doctor. There's no drugstore. No Benadryl. (laughs) Who is he going to ask? The only place he could go, the only place he could hide, the only place where he could be safe was at home. At home, at home. But see, he knew if anybody found out, I lose everything. I lose my power. I lose my status. I lose my money. I lose my mighty man. It's all gone. In the class this morning, uh, I talked to some students, and I told them that here in recent, recent weeks, all my texts and emails and messages have been, thank you, Reggie, for your integrity. Thank you, Reggie, that you're doing it the right way. Thank you, Reggie. And I'm like, that's sad. That's sad. Because you got to understand, I know, I know, I know because of all this, if I fall, somebody in the room falls. So there's more at stake. I understand that to whom much is given, much is required. I pray every morning. I get up super early before the sun rises just to pray so that one, my heart is right. I don't even pray for you. I'm praying that I'm in the right mind. I'm in the right place. I'm in the right attitude. Because if I'm right, it's going to ooze off to you. Are y'all listening to me? You got to buy into this thing. Some of you ain't buying in. You got to buy in. You got to buy in. Some of you think you're cool because you're hanging around who you think is the prettiest girl in school. Seriously, you think that's going to help? She's going to marry the dude who's up front worshiping. That was good. I just saw a look on one brother. (laughs) It's all I got to do. I'm just going to go on now, all right? Because Naaman was a leper, the stress of hiding his rotting flesh was too much. When I sit up there, the stress of hiding my rotting flesh was too much. Are y'all with me this morning? Is it okay that I'm like this? Yeah, I wish I could tell you, you know, I'm just going to, hey, hi. No. And if you think this is something, wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow, my last shot. I want to come back, though. I like this school. I've always loved this school. It, it might have been. And everybody said, you ended up at North Central by mistake. Oh, no. I think it was grace. 
I do. The only place Naaman could go was home. And there was only two people there who could absolutely destroy him. One was his wife. And the other was verse 2. Everybody look at verse 2. That's crazy. We've only done one verse. (laughs) Watch this. Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and taken captive a young girl from Israel. She served Naaman's wife. Stop right there. So here we go. We got two characters in our story today. Naaman, the warrior, the champion, the legend, the man, the hero. He fights, he wins, he's the victorious one. But underneath all the glitz and glamour, he's got leprosy, he's dying. Two is a little girl. The army went and raided this town. They captured a girl. They took a little girl captive. They kidnapped a girl. They kidnapped a girl. Did y'all get this? This girl was with her family. This girl was in her home. This girl was speaking her language. She was hanging out with her people. And one day, out of nowhere, she gets taken. They just took her. No one said nothing. No one did nothing. How could this happen to me? How could I get taken like this? How could someone just come in and take me? And they took her where she did not belong. She wasn't a part of that country. She wasn't a part of that people. She wasn't a part of that tribe. She probably didn't even speak their language. So now here she is alone. All alone. Listen to me. Your problem serves a purpose. Your regret has a meaning. There ain't a day in your life God had no day. I was in Hawaii speaking at a conference, 8,000 kids in Hawaii. That's a good place to do a conference. Somebody got to go send me. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. They said the last 30 minutes is a question and answer with 8,000 kids. They had three speakers, all three of us on this platform, 8,000 kids, microphones everywhere. This girl gets on the mic and says, I got a question for Reggie. I think he can help me. I said, yes, honey, what's your question? She goes, where was God when I was raped? And the air left the room. It's like, (gasps) and one of the speakers just said, I'm glad it's Reggie. She goes, where was God when I was raped? She goes, pardon me, I don't want to be rude, but I just need to know. And my heart is telling me that you can answer this. My heart is telling me that you have the answer. If you don't, I understand. I said, no, baby, I know. And I just started walking down the steps. I said, God was there. He had to. He had to watch. Because he knew this day would come. And if he had turned away from you in your darkest night, he couldn't hold you today in your greatest pain. God gave us the greatest gift. You know what it is? Choice. Free choice. We can freely choose him or reject him. But God knew with free choice comes consequences. That when we say no, And I'm still walking to her. It's a secular event. But she said, God. And I'm on now, I'm like between me and the front row to her. And I said, when things happen like this, and it's free will, it's free will. He knew that if that man said no to him, that this would happen to you. But he also knew that one day you would stand up in front of 8,000 people looking for an answer. And you would ask me. And I'm glad you asked me because I'm going to point you to God, the God that you said where he was. He was there that day. Now I'm right beside her. And I literally, I, can't, I don't know if y'all can see. You might. Everybody in the balcony stand up. Everybody in the balcony stand up. I want to make you, everybody stand up. You got to be able to see this. You got to be able to see this. You got to be able to see this. So when I got close to her, 
When I got really close to her, I got really, really close to her. And I said, you know where God was? You know where he was? You know where he was? And I stuck my hand out. She grabbed my hand. And so when she grabbed my hand, I said, he was there then so he can hold you now. In your hurt, your pain, your sorrow. The day that you were violated. The day you can never, ever forget. He was there. So he can hold you now. You can sit down. I'll go back up. Thank you. Thank you, Balcony. I know I'm different, y'all. I'm not, I'm not normal. Normal's overrated. I hate normal. Normal people, they get on my nerves. Seriously, man. If you're normal, please. Hey, band, come, come, come. You know that bridge and that? Yeah, come, get ready to do that. Because we're going Whatever that girl said, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, I'm saying well, look at me. Everybody don't, don't run, don't run. Everybody stay. You got to stay, you got to stay. I wish someone had preached this when I was sitting up there. Leprosy comes in different ways. A day you wish it never happened, a moment you wish you could change, a smell that keeps coming back to you, an event that you... It always comes back. It always does. Watch this. Watch this. Look at this. So this girl taken from her home, taken, kidnapped. She was kidnapped. Absolutely kidnapped. Hey, listen to me. I'm going to say this to you, okay? She, the girl, the slave, the slave said to her mistress, if only my master would go see the prophet who's in Samaria, he would be cured of his leprosy. Stop right there. Why would she care if the man who kidnapped her be healed? Why would she not want him to die? Let him die. Let him die. He took me. Let him die. Let him die. He hurt me. Let him die. Let him die. Revenge is right there. It's human nature to want retribution, to pay back. But you know what God even said? He said, let me take care of it. Let me take care of it. The only one who knew was the maid, the slave. The reason he let that slave know, the warrior, the champion, because he knew she didn't matter. She's a slave. She don't matter. She has no name. She don't matter. She was kidnapped. She don't matter. She's alone. She don't matter, but she did matter. The little maid had more power than the hero. He had power in what he did, but she had power in who she knew. I got to stop. God told me to stop. I never got through. That's two days in a row I didn't finish a sermon. Hey, look. You got more power than you think because of who you know. Y'all know the rest of the story? Is anybody here just be honest and say, I don't know the rest of that story? All right, cool. I got it. Watch this. So she went, she went to her to, to, to master and said, Master, go to the prophet. He'll tell you what to do. So he ended up going to the prophet. Now, there's a lot of stuff in here that's cool. Like the, the, the king of Aram sent a letter to the king of Israel saying, I'm sending you my warrior. Cure him of his leprosy. So when the king of Israel reads, cure him of his leprosy, he freaked out, literally ripped his clothes and said, how am I going to do this? They're trying to pick a fight with us. And they know they've been killing everybody. And they know the warrior who's been killing everybody is that dude who's coming who has leprosy. So he's like, what am I going to do? So the prophet that he's supposed to go see sent a messenger to the king who just tore his clothes. And the prophet walks into the king and says, hey, uh, the prophet sent me to say uh, to you, king, why you tear your robe? Not 
Send the man to me. He just said, why you tear your rope? You know what that means? Why y'all worried? I wish someone had told me this when I was sitting up there. Why are you worrying about something that you ain't got nothing to do? You, if you say, put it in a prayer request, believe it's done. Let your faith rise. Live as if it is already right. Some of you are like, are you kidding me? Dude, King David did it. His son was dying. Remember that? And King David prayed and prayed, prayed and prayed and prayed. When he was told his son died, you know what he did? He tore his robe, took a shower, got dressed, went and worshipped. And they said, why are you worshipping? He goes, I, my son can never come back to me. But one day I will go be with my son. Dude, this is what it's about. And the king sent his warrior. The prophet looked at him, and he didn't even look at him. You know what the prophet did? prophet sent a servant out to his front door when <laughs> Naaman showed up. And he said, hey, go dip seven times in the River Jordan, and you'll be cured. And then Naaman got mad. He goes, isn't our water better than their water? Aren't we better? Uh-uh, don't let pride kill you. I wish someone told me that up there. Quit hiding, y'all. Quit hiding. The days come when every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. How would you like to be hiding the whole time and the trumpet sound and you left behind? Hey, don't get me wrong. Even though a lot of people don't preach it, he's coming back. Y'all do know we're closer to the return of Jesus than we were when you started school this last semester. He's coming back. You got to make sure you're ready personally because ain't nothing like you pretending you saved and get up one day, go to class, and you and three other people are the only one there and you realize God can Came back during the night. Oh, I'm sorry. In the Old Testament, his name was Samson. He says he got up and said, I'll shake myself as I did before. And he did not even know that the Lord had left him. Some of you in this room have no idea God already left you. But you need to know what you need to do? You need to do this. You ready? Obedience is the ingredient. That man Naaman ended up in the Jordan. And he dipped seven times. And on the seventh time, the Bible says his skin was as that of a little boy and had never had leprosy before. Obedience is the ingredient. The question is today, will you obey? Will you obey? Here's the altar call. There's someone in this room, someone in this room. You can tell me the day, the time, the moment, the smell, the song. Some of you have said this, if I'd have just stayed home, I should have never went. Some of you are like, how could they do this to me? How could this have been happened to me? Some of you are loving the anger. God didn't call you to hate. He called you to win. But you got to let it go. You found him. He found you. And after you sing that part, it's that little bridge thing about even in the storm, whatever, you know what I'm talking about? I like that, too. I like that, too. Why don't y'all just do both of those together real fast? Then I'll give my altar call. Y'all want to sing? Everybody stand up. Just sing this. Don't run out. I know. Easy. Just stand up. Sing that for me. Come on. Hey, here we go. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it. Yeah.
bang this out even. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hey, everybody, do me a favor. Just repeat after me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven seconds changes everything. Seven seconds from death to life. Seven seconds from hopeless to hopeful. Seven seconds. That's all it took was seven dips. So I'm going to start at one. And they're going to start singing even when the mountains. And I know that there's somebody in this room. God laid this on my heart a long, long time ago to preach this here today. That there's somebody you're holding on to the leprosy. You're holding on to the death. You're holding on to the rotten underneath your armor. Some of you, you look good. Your grades look good. Everything is fine. But deep on the inside, you know you're dying. Today's the day you get to dip seven times. And obedience is the ingredient. Obedience is the ingredient. If you can't obey, you can't lead someone else to repentance. If you haven't obeyed, you can't lead anyone else to Christ. Obedience is the ingredient. And here it is. I don't know what it is, but somebody is struggling with death and life. Somebody has something in your past that you just can't seem to shake. Today's the day that you dip seven times. And let God be your healer. Let God rescue you. Let God set you free. So I'm going to start counting. And when I get to seven, you got to be here already. Even when the mountains, even in the hurt, come, let Jesus touch you. Let him touch you. One. Two. Three. Come on, come on, come on. Four. Five, six, seven. Come on, come on, church. Come on, North Central. Raise your hands and sing it again. Even. Even. 